that reminds me of when my mom was in the car with me and she uh, knew that I had like smoked pot. Uh-huh. And the, I know this is not the same, but it does remind me of like uh, I was like I was like nervous because I knew that like I thought that she knew. Right. And then <laughs> and then she and then she literally was like, "How like did you hang out with so and so today?" And I was like, "I did. We had fun." And then she was like, "Did you smoke pot?" <laughs> And I was like, maybe. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And then she kept That's driving. So and I was like, what was this confrontation? Right. I'm Ashley. And I'm Susanna. And you're in The, the Wet, Wet seat. seat. Every episode, we talk about taboo sex topics and give them the airtime that they deserve. Uh, Susanna, would you like to take on introducing our yes, guest this course. episode? Um, This episode, we have Meher with us. Say hello. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, Meher and I are currently in the same training program, um, which I think I've mentioned briefly this season. Um, I'm working with a city city company um, in New York City, um, and Meher is here all the way from Singapore Mm -hmm. for these eight months, which are almost over. Yeah, we've got about a month left, and I'm back. Um, Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am a freelance actor, actress from Singapore. I was born in New Delhi, India, and when I was three, my family moved to Dubai because my dad's job, and then when I was eight, we moved again to Singapore. And so I spent elementary school, middle school, high school, and college in Singapore. So coming to New York now has kind of been my first time really away from home since I was home for college. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going back in a month, gonna go back to that freelance life. <laughs> Looking Aren't forward we to all? it. Yeah. I'm very excited that you're here because, uh, we're going to be talking about sex education, which is something that I think at this point, listeners are tired of hearing about Arkansas sex education. (laughs) (laughs) Um, boring. So I'm very excited that, uh, we're going to shake things up, um, and hear about a different Uh, point of view about like learning about sex from like a developmental age yeah and also you know from like an Asian and an Indian perspective right I I don't think I mentioned that but I'm I'm 100% Indian my parents are both from Delhi um and you know we moved out very early on but there's still a stigma attached to talking about these things. Mm. I mean, it's evolving mm-hmm. a lot more definitely, and our generation now are doing a lot to make it evolve and make it okay and normalize it. But when I was in my teens and, you know, like my earlier years, it was just something that you didn't talk about. And yeah. if you did, you would be told that, you know, we don't talk about these things. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess we should also... Just give some background on Singapore, because I don't know if all of our listeners will be, like, super clear on, oh, on geography, or on, or at least mm-hmm. if they know where Singapore is, maybe okay. on, like, the language is spoken, the population of the city. Okay, so Singapore is um, an island, a city, and a country in Southeast Asia. Oh, one. Yeah, it is very close to Malaysia, very close to Indonesia, um... Population? So there's, like, big Chinese populations, yeah. Malay populations. Yeah, so you have, you have, you know, you have the Chinese population, you have the Malay population, you have an Indian population, and then you have, you know, you have other populations that are, like, hybrids of different cultures. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have expats as well, yeah. a lot of expats. Yeah. Like, I think, like, on this podcast, we've talked a lot about how, like, you know, usually in the sixth grade, you get thrown a sex ed class. Mm-hmm. Is that also true in Singapore? Yeah. Well, I went to an international school, so my experience when I talk about this stuff is just going to be based on my experience going to mm-hmm. a school with a lot of different nationalities yeah. and a lot of different cultures. But when we were – okay, so my earliest memory is – like the end of fifth grade, we got put in a room and we watched an animation video of <laughs> the biological process of sex. Sure. Um, an and animation. An animation. So you like watched an animated little man? No, no. It was actually bit. more just an animated penis and an animated vagina. Oh. And then the entrance. Like disembodied? <laughs> yeah. Or just like super wow. zoomed in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it wasn't even really attached to people from what I remember. And I mean, for one, it was really jarring because... Do you remember if these were 
um, brown animated genitalia or white? White. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, that's all kind of what I remember. And that was them telling us, look, you're going into middle school. And when you go into middle school, you're going to have health education classes. And middle school also starts at sixth grade? Sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. And we would, I think, I mean, I don't remember exactly, but I feel like we would only have them once in a few months. Yeah. All those years of middle school. And when we did, honestly, what I remember of it is just being really biologically taught. I didn't know anything about what comes before, what comes after. Right. They're Um, like testicles, penis, penetration. Yeah. And also like periods. Right. Here's a tampon. (laughs) So, I mean, after that, when we were in, I think when I was in, At some point between grade 9 and grade 12, we watched the first live-action sex video I've ever seen, and it was a BBC (laughs) documentary. Yeah. It was a BBC documentary, I believe, of a water birth. Oh, yep. We had a birthing video that we had to watch. It was not water, though. Oh. Well, I don't know which one's better. I don't either. Because the water one was a little scarring. I mean, you know, that's fine if people are into that, but... Like, being that young and watching a child come out of its mother's vagina in, like, a bathtub or a baby pool. I just remember people (laughs) screaming in my classroom. Yeah. Like, laughing and screaming. Wow. Yeah, I mean, with us as well. The thing is, though, ours started out with the sex part. That's so so interesting. And now that it... Because I haven't thought about this for a while, and I really wonder, you know... Were they actors? Were they a real couple? Like, what was going on there? Because the sex was shown. The ejaculation and what happened to... Like, I remember an image of, like, hair standing up on one of their arms and, like, a nipple hardening. That's so wild. I was, I mean, watching that, also in a room full of, like, hormonal teenage boys, was just... Was just strange and I didn't mm-hmm. really talk about it after I think I blocked it out maybe possibly is so there was no uh talk of like STDs nope. or like scare tactics nope and oh. um I don't even remember being talked to about masturbation and my clitoris I couldn't find my clitoris for <laughs> the longest time um which is really strange that they don't so they didn't talk to you about protection Oh, no, they did. They did, but they, they did. didn't talk about STDs. No, I don't really have memory of that. That's so interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's what you need to protect yourself, but we're not going to talk about why. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, or just ignoring half of the equation of protection, which is against disease rather yeah. than just against pregnancy. I think Ashley got more of the, like, scare tactics. You will get pregnant and die. Oh, wow. It's like the mean girl. For sure. Yeah. Shame based. Shame based. And also like really strictly abstinence only. Right. So like that's why it comes from. So I guess I'm kind of wondering like so there was no like value. You kind of talked about how like um, it's kind of you kind of just experienced like a culture of not talking about sex. So was there also like devoid of like values being associated with like, attached to the sex? Because I feel like what I experienced in sex ed was a lot of, not just from, like, official sex ed, right? Like, in general, the cultural narrative was, like, sex is sinful and bad. Right, Mm -hmm. maintain your virginity as long as possible. It is what makes you valuable. Yeah. Is that, did you receive that narrative or not? Not No, it wasn't like that in school, but definitely with my parents. It was, with them, it was a thing of, Everything happens at a certain time in your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times it was like, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Or, you know. And how old were you when you were having conversations like that? Like, we'll cross that bridge. Gosh, I, well, I was the (laughs) one that, I was the one that sat my mom down Mm -hmm. and, like, initiated the conversation. Because when I got my. Yeah. How old were you? 16. Oh, wow. Yeah, because when I got my period, we didn't really have to have much of a conversation about it. It was like, you know, it's your period, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a thing. When I was 16 and I had my first boyfriend and I, like, started exploring, you know, two Mm -hmm. bodies being together, I kind of, well, I think, okay, I think, I don't know, I can't really remember it, but I think at some point my mom came into the room and... She talked about, like, you know, kissing boys and making out mm-hmm. and something like that. And then I was kind of like, okay, like, I hear you. And I told her, you know, I'm not doing anything that I shouldn't be doing, which was mm-hmm. a lie. I was. 
Um, <laughs> and she knows this. Like, I've, I've told her about this. Yeah. But we started, I mean, we tried to have sex, my boyfriend at the time yeah. and I. And, I mean, you know this story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically what happened was I Googled it, you know, first time, penetrative yeah. sex, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> People were like, it hurts. I was like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so I told him that he needs to get condoms and he needs to get lube. And I should just add that this is all based on stuff I've Googled. Like, this is not based on conversations sure. I've yeah. with my mom or my friends. Like, this is all Google, like, incognito Chrome <laughs> in the middle of the night. Um, these are things I needed to know. And so he got the lube. I went over to his place while his parents were out. My parents thought I was at a friend's place sleeping over. And um, we... Did you tell your friend that you lied to your parents, that, that you'd be there? No, I didn't. <laughs> wow ballsy i have a story of like someone doing that and not telling me oh no like they said it was at my house and then their parents called my house so you're lucky oh my <laughs> yeah, god that is rough yeah although continue continue i was only there i was only there for a few hours so i pretty much sure. ended up telling them sleepover got canceled because his parents came home eventually and we got the lube we, you know <laughs> got into it and everything and then when it actually got to the penetration part his dick was sliding all over the place because there was too <laughs> much lube. And I was, I was like, I was tight as heck. I was nervous. I was scared. I didn't know what I was doing. I had not watched porn. <laughs> so. And had you guys, like, had he been fingering you before that? Or had there not really been any kind no, of penetration? No, there, no, no, there hadn't. He, wow. he never managed to finger me because I was really tight. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. there was like a little bit of rubbing here and there, dry humping. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that was the first time that we actually tried. And, you know, the thing is, I had a feeling that I wasn't ready at mm. that point. But mm-hmm. I made myself go along with it because I thought that that's what our relationship needed. And it's what everyone mm-hmm. else was doing. And I thought that that sure. was what we wanted. But I'm I'm really glad that things turned out the way they did with that because, I don't know, I, I mean... Because when I, when I actually did lose my, lose my virginity, it was, it was... I was in full control. Yeah. And it was all on my terms and mm-hmm. it was with someone I love so dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was older. And so I think that it happened for a reason and I'm very grateful that it did happen when it did. So when you were 16, you tried having sex with this boy and what happened? He just couldn't get it in. Yeah. I was too tight, too much lube. <laughs> he was nervous. I was nervous. It was just, yeah. And then what? You know, it's not very often I hear the phrase too, too much, much lube. lube. Yeah. It really, um, I mean, it, I think we got a little excited with it. <laughs> it also, like, if you've never encountered lube before, oh also your, your yeah. understanding of how much you Truly. need is probably out of proportion. 100%. Um, yeah, so when it didn't happen, you know, because I, I eventually stopped. I was like, look, it's not happening. Let's right. not do it. He was disappointed and uh-huh. I could tell he was disappointed and then you know we parted ways and we kind of talked about trying again but by then we'd broken up not because of the fact yeah, that we yeah. couldn't have sex because of other reasons mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it never ended up happening yeah yeah so what did you do about the fact that did you I guess did you think that it was like a problem with the part or did you even think it was a problem like because I I like, I know where this story goes, I yeah. guess. Um, and I just wonder, like, at 16, did you think, oh, that was just what trying to have sex was the first time. Yeah. And, like, I'll do, I'll do it with another partner and it will be different. Yep. And That's what I thought. I was like, the next time I try, it's going to happen. And when was the next time you tried it? <sighs> After I graduated high school during my first year of college with a few different men. And what was the result? Same thing. Uh Um, I was too tight every time. And eventually I started realizing that maybe there was something else going on within me. Because I I was not masturbating. Yeah. I had not explored Mm -hmm. my body. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never really understood that that's something that's important and it's a part of female sexuality. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what what my body was like. I was too afraid to like even put a tampon in, right. you know. And so all of that slowly started making sense to me. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what led me to talking to my mom about it. So what was this conversation with your mom like? Um, so, so you were in college at this point? Yes, I was. So I said, hey, um, I sat her down and I was like... And you hey. were you living with your parents at this yes. time? Yes. Because you were going to school in yes. Singapore. all through college right. I was living with my parents. Um, so I sat my mom down I was like, hey, um, I just want you to know that I am sexually active and, you know, I've been thinking about, like, birth control and that sort of thing because I haven't had sex yet, but... You know, I feel like it might happen at some point, mm-hmm. and I want to be prepared and that sort of thing. She was like, um, "Okay, well, thank you for thank you for telling me. Let's, uh, I guess, let's let's book an appointment with the gynae." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine. You know, what's the worst yeah. that could happen?" Um, we get to the gynae. Everything's fine. I love that you call it the gynae. What do you call it? We call it the gyno. Oh. The gyno. What? Yeah. Okay, maybe I get that from my mom. It's possible. It might be an Indian thing. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, so we get there, and my mom's with me, and then, she, like, you know, she just asks a bunch of questions about, like, my body. The and, doctor did. Yeah, mm-hmm. the doctor. And then she's like, okay, well, I am going to need to check you. Right. And I was like, excuse me? And she was like, I'm going to have to put a cotton swab up your mm-hmm. vagina, and I just need to check that everything's okay. And I panicked. Yeah. And so she's like, it's not going to hurt. It's It'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it. Just lie down. So she tried the first time. Mm-hmm. Too tight. Like, wow. couldn't even get that in. Tried the second time. Again, too tight. And then the third time, she was like, look, all you need to do is breathe through it. It's mm-hmm. not going to hurt. It's just going to feel different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I listened to her. She put it in. She felt around, took it out. She said, all right, come sit down. Um, everything internally is fine you just have a very severe case of vaginismus. Wow. Hmm. And I broke down. Had you ever heard that word before? I had, because I was Googling it. Yeah. I was Googling oh, okay. a lot of things. But I Googled, <laughs> again, I was like, um, tight vagina, not being able to have sex, lots of pain. Right. Um, and my biggest fear was that it was that. Because in all the stories that I read of other women experiencing it, they all said, like, it still hurts, and I haven't figured out a way to get around it, and I've tried all these different methods, and that was just so devastating for yeah. me because everyone was doing it. Right. You know, I thought that that's what I needed to be doing at that age. And mm-hmm. diagnostically, what are the symptoms of vaginismus? Because we've had a guest on the show before who had vulvodynia, and right. I know that the two are fairly similar, but there are some differences. Yeah, so from what I read biologically and mm-hmm. stuff, it's like it's – it's losing control of your pelvic floor or, like, spasms mm-hmm. in your pelvic floor that make you really tighten up. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's also a mental thing. Psychosomatic. Yeah. yeah. So, like, victims of sexual assault might experience mm-hmm. it. Um, women who have had injuries down there in the yeah. past might experience it. People with religious guilt, even, wow. might experience it. Um, but that's the thing. Like, I didn't really have any of those things. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know why the thought of it was so scary to me, you know, mm-hmm. the pain, because my pain threshold was fine. Right. But You mean for, like, the rest of your body? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But any time I felt a penis trying to get in there, right. my entire body would just, like, it, it would just immediately just get so freaked out right. and nervous, and so it never managed to go in. Yeah. So then, after you went to the gyno, gyne, <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what... What was your experience from there? Oh, God. It was a roller coaster. Initially, I was like, I don't agree with this. Fuck this thing. Like, mm. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna- <laughs> I don't agree <laughs> with it. Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck you. You're lying to me. I'm fine. I'm going to go get fucked. <laughs> and so I, I mean, gonna I Gonna go like, get fucked. Totally. I was like, okay, yeah. you know, like hanging out with these like different kinds of people. There was one particular guy that I started hanging out with specifically and we tried quite a few times mm. and didn't really work out much. Yeah. Um, and we tried over a long period of time. And I wasn't dating him. We were kind of just friends with benefits. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, and that didn't work out. And then I moved on from him. And basically every time I tried with any guy I was briefly dating or just met or just hooking up with, it was the same story. Yeah. And um, did you did you ever feel the need or like for either for yourself or for your partner to to tell them about like what your experience with sex had been prior to the encounter of like trying to sleep with 
with a new person or were you just like, this is going to work. I'm going to go into this and it's going to work. And I think more than anything, I was embarrassed of it. Yeah. I was like heavily embarrassed of the fact that I hadn't had sex yet. Yeah. And, um, I chose not to tell those people yeah. and I was as vague about it as possible because mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. want them to be like, Oh, you're losing your virginity. Oh my God. Right, right, Let me right. get you candles. Let me do this. Sure, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that's just something that I didn't agree with at all. Cause to me it was like, I'm just having sex for the first time. Right. This whole virginity thing is not something that I've chosen to label it as. Mm. It's something that you've chosen to label it yeah. as. And I don't agree with that. So I just didn't tell them. Um, and also, I mean, the, the, the funny thing about that, too, is, like, <laughs> it's not like you hadn't tried Mm-mm. to lose it, you yeah. know? So, like, it's not like you hadn't had your genitals out, like, with other people's. <laughs> it just hadn't done that very particular specific thing yeah. yet, you yeah. know? Our friend who talked about having vulvodynia said that she w- then went into, like, physical therapy. Um, was that true for you? Or I guess, like... It sounds to me like you just kind of ignored it, right? And, like, you just continued on this um, journey. Of perseverance. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, indeed. I I did not try any of the dilators because yeah, yeah. I was fucking scared. Yeah. Um, which says enough yeah. already. But I started doing Kegel exercises. Just, like... Sure. Just literally, like, yeah, right now. Like, like I can, I can yeah, do it yeah, right yeah. now. Like, you know, just getting mm-hmm. that whole thing going. Because it said online that those help. Um, I'm so. doing them right now. Yeah, yeah, I could totally I personally be. find Kegel exercises to be, I always feel like, maybe I, it's because I haven't, like, looked it up or anything like that, but I always feel like I'm like, is that it? Am I doing it right? You I know always what I just mean? get like, bored. I, I get distracted. <laughs> I tell myself I'm going to do them for, like, 10 bored. minutes a day, and then, like, 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh, this is so exhausting. I couldn't possibly. It is. The sensation <laughs> is, the sensation is different yeah. from exercising any other muscle in your body. But yeah, for I, sure. I tried to commit to doing them, like not like on a schedule, but just yeah. like if I was sitting around, I'd <laughs> yeah. do them. But then I also started trying to explore my relationship with masturbation. Mm. So yeah. I started touching myself and then I finally got introduced to the miracle of the shower head. <laughs> and that changed things. Mahara talks about her shower head like oh my god. A lot. I miss my shower head so much cuz there's a massage option on it and it's so intense Ooh. and like if you just turn the heat up a bit and you oh, get yeah. that going down there like it it is <laughs> incredible. It just fixes anything. Um, my pillow introduced me to masturbation. Oh, me too, Ash. How do you guys I was do a pillow that? queen. Oh, just humping anything. Humping. <laughs> Although, like, how does your clit get the sensation though? Because isn't the pillow well, very soft? Very sensitive clit. Okay. Uh, I actually like. I prefer like non. Uh, like, don't get on the clit. Like, get me around the clit. T- dude, me too. Really? So yes. I, I think I think like the difference. Like a shower head, you can get right in there. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes um, so. that's too intense for me. Okay. Like, yeah. in fact, sometimes but. people will be going down on me and I'm like, or it doesn't happen so much actually with when people are going down on me, but if people are, like, using their hands sometimes to stimulate my clit, I'm like, too much, like, too intense, Intense. you have right. to back off a little bit or get your mouth Regardless, I respect <laughs> and love your relationship with your shower head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, gosh, it's truly, it was really a game changer, but I never... I never actually fingered myself because yeah. that mm-hmm. also freaked me out a lot. Yeah. So I started trying to do that, but I didn't find much pleasure in it. Mm. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave it alone. And but you were able to do it. Like you had found that you could penetrate yourself. I, I could barely get my finger in as well. Yeah. Like it would mm. go like a little yeah. bit past like the nail and then I'd just be like. And were you using lube at all or were no, you? No, yeah. I wasn't. So it was... I mean, it wasn't the most productive, but it eventually made me realize that I just need to quit forcing myself yeah. to do this mm-hmm. thing and stop making it, like, some big task that I need to right. achieve. Because if it mm-hmm. happens, you know, it happens. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have yeah. to happen at a specific time just because other people are doing mm-hmm. it. Um, and that helped. Yeah. So then what? Oh, and then I had sex. <laughs> eventually. How did that, like, how did that happen eventually? Well, what changed? I, I started dating 
my boyfriend now, who mm-hmm. is a wonderful, wonderful man. And he's pretty awesome. I've met him. He's yeah. I'm yeah. He's great. I love <laughs> you if he's listening. Um, but we we started dating. We were actually seeing each other, and when we were seeing mm-hmm. each other initially, it was not like we were dating. It was more just physical. Um, and at this point, I hadn't had sex. And for some reason, very early on, I decided to tell him mm-hmm. about all my experiences in the past. And I very mm-hmm. clearly remember the moment I told him because we were being active and I just started to break down because yeah. he was like, hey, you're really tense. Are you okay? And I was like, look, I haven't had sex. I've been trying for a really long time. I don't know what's going on within my body right now. And it's just, it just stresses me out. Yeah. And he was like, well, you don't, you know, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Like Mm -hmm. we can, we can take it as slow as possible. And if you ever don't want to, we don't like, that's not a big deal. It's fine. And Mm -hmm. that mentality for me was just very, very interesting and very new. And so we kind of continued seeing each other and then we stopped seeing each other for a while. And then last year in May, we started dating Mm -hmm. like, for real, we were together, we were in a relationship, and we still hadn't had sex. Mm-hmm. And from May till about, like, August or September, it was just a lot of trying and mm-hmm. trying and trying and a lot of nights where I would break down because yeah. I'd be like, you know, I yeah. want this. I want this so bad. Right. I want this for us. I want this for me. And no matter what we do, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. But he never mm-hmm. made me feel pressured. Like, he never once made me feel pressured. That's awesome. It is. And, yeah. and like being with someone like that and not feeling pressured by them, it just took a whole load off me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, when it finally happened, you know, we were just like fooling around and and I I like got on top and I put it in. <laughs> like, yeah, it literally, he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, like, what's going on? Are you OK? Is this happening? I don't know what to do. And right. I was like, I'm fine. I don't know what to do. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. Should I should, should we should we do? Yeah, because he I mean, with like, you know, based on the conversations we had, he was like, I want to be with you, whether mm-hmm. we are having sex or we are not. Right. I am. Yeah. I, I want to be with you. Yeah. And that was huge. Yeah. And so when it finally happened, you know, for him, he was like, oh, my God, like, wait, this is this is a thing. This is happening. And so we tried it at night and it happened. Yeah. And then we woke up the next morning and we were like, I think we should try again just to make sure. <laughs> and we did. And it was incredible. It was Wow. Incredible. So it was just like a light That's, switch almost. It was totally. Wow. Totally. And the thing is, okay, I think one of the big reasons why it worked is because we had been literally – paying so much attention to foreplay yeah. for the longest time. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So we did not negate that. Mm-hmm. We always made sure that the foreplay was there. We made sure yeah. that I was wet enough. We made sure that he was hard enough yeah. and everything was just working out mm-hmm. perfectly. Yeah. And and then when it happened, it was just not uncomfortable. It felt so fucking good. <laughs> and then I started fingering myself and I was like, wow, this is great. And then he was fingering me and I was like, this is incredible. Like, it just... <laughs> It, it just, it, it clicked. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, it really was. And it still is. I thoroughly enjoy sex. <laughs> like That's awesome. <laughs> it, it is, it is something that I, I, it's just an act that just brings yeah. so much pleasure to like my physical body, but also my soul. Yeah. You know? Was, uh, I do think by the way that I, I think that we do not talk about like, I feel like foreplay gets talked about a lot, but the, I don't know, I don't know, do you still like, it's still like magical foreplay to this day? Like you still take the time every time? Yes, totally. That's amazing. Because, I find, yeah, go on. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say like, I, I mean, I also, um, I mean, also very different experience, right? But I, I find that sometimes like I would say like 50% of the time, I feel like we forego foreplay yeah. altogether. Yeah. So interesting. So it's just like, that's awesome because I actually do think that foreplay is sometimes the best part it, of sex. Oh my God. It is so by fun. far like the best. Yeah. Or I mean, even if it's not the best part, the stuff that comes after it mm-hmm. is often it's as good that. as it is because yeah. of the foreplay. I find true. Yeah, I don't know. True. I find that like, and maybe it's just because of how much I like it, and this is something that my various mm-hmm. partners pick up on, but 
I find that like my sexual encounters often include a lot of foreplay. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like when they don't, I'm like, oh, too bad. That one was a bust. Yeah. You know, I think that comfort, I feel like weirdly enough, like I feel like I've had the most foreplay with like one night stands and people who like I truly didn't care about. Yeah. Huh. And I, and I think it's because the pressure is on like to be satisfying right. in this, like in this moment, in this time, because who knows if it's going to happen again. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I find that like generally foreplay gets thrown out when like the person knows that like you love them and you're probably going to fuck them again anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> huh. That's like, so I interesting. Think, like, I feel like that's like a source of uh, like foreplay or yeah. like not being like a big part of sex sometimes. Um, also for me, I mean, get me drunk. And for some reason there's like an hour of foreplay. (laughs) I don't know. It's also for some reason, sobriety gets in the way of my foreplay. I don't know why. so curious, (laughs) Ashley. I know. I think it's because it's also like, uh, I think foreplay can be almost like, it's like the most vulnerable part of Mm -hmm. sex in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. Um, and I feel like the creativity, is more like has to be a part of it. Right. And I think it's just a little bit more pressure. And so uh, I think that when I'm like a little bit tipsy, I'm like, well, who cares? Right. Let me Wait, spend 20 I, minutes I have a doing this for you. Knowing your sexual history, sure. as our listeners do as well. <laughs> um, do you find, because you, you often say that you don't come that much. Um, yeah. Do you find that when you do come, it happens? Is there like, a method to the madness? 100%. Like, is it more 100%. Happen? If I, if there has been no foreplay, it's never, it's not going to happen. And I think, and so that's funny to me. Cause I'm like, wouldn't that be motivating? Right. <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, I think sometimes, I mean, I feel like there's just sometimes when like, I don't know, you're just not as into, you kind of want to have sex, but like you only have 15 minutes. Yeah. Like it's let's true. not. The time crunch I feel like is always know? the thing. Like, if you're in a partnership with someone, you're like, ah, well, it would be great to, I guess we can get our rocks, but I I do have to do this thing at four <laughs> o'clock, and we only really have 25 minutes, and... Yeah. I also, like, there's never any foreplay with, like, uh, I have a lot of sleepy sex. Interesting. Oh. Like, I, like, in the morn, or, like, right before bed. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, yes. And, and if my body's tired... <laughs> I'm 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 very like in goal. Right, like you do have um, to invest work, some work in foreplay. Yeah, 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 yeah. As you said, it is a more, perhaps a more creative. But act. no, I mean, short answer to your question is for sure. I think foreplay is an essential component to my magical come algorithm. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question. Um, is uh like kind of like going back to kind of like sex education, like developmental learnings, Mm -hmm. I think like sex ed, like we talk about like sixth grade health class and things like that to be like, this is how I learned about sex, but it's not actually how we learned about sex. Mm, Like what was the media representation of sex for you growing up? Okay. I think I can answer that in two parts. Um, Firstly, I was watching a lot of Western TV shows Mm. and um, like what do you recall? I do. Oh my God. Tell I do. (laughs) You know, I was kind of into, like, the Vampire Diaries. I was going to say, this is also going to age you. Yes. Teen Wolf. Oh. And, like, you know, these kind of, like, Gossip Girl, 90210, like. Yes, Ashley? One moment. I love the Vampire Diaries. (laughs) (laughs) And I will, my friend and I used to, like, every single week she would come over and we'd actually like I was ahead of her and so like we would binge vampire oh diaries and we were both like essentially getting our rocks off visually um I I think the vampire diaries is like it's like extremely sexual yeah. for teen minds yeah, totally <laughs> and and so I was I was totally into these shows and I remember this one time oh, yeah. my mom like caught me watching it on tv and she came in at the exact time that Damon and, and Elena were having like a really hot like make out going into sex scene. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, my yeah. mom was like, Can you not watch <gasps> these shows that lead to sex? And I was like, <gasps> What? And I was like, Okay, but I still did. Right. Um how yeah, no. how much younger than you is your sister? She's three years younger than me. So not that much. But no. in, but enough to be like, you know, if you're watching sexy 
television in the family home. Yeah. Still, like... Yeah. Ah. So I, I tried to do it when, like, people weren't really around. Right. Um, but so so that's, I mean, you know, that's one part. So I was, I was kind of, that was my introduction into this stuff. Because um, I was too afraid to, like, Google porn. Yeah. Because I was afraid my parents would find out. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, it's a horrible, horrible thing. Did you thing. have, like, your own computer or not? No, but I had a phone. Yeah. That I could use, but I, I, I didn't. But the second part of this question is that I was also watching Bollywood. Mm. And the way that sex is depicted or was depicted in Bollywood movies in the past was just Mm -hmm. like, you know, you kiss on the cheek, you touch the hand, Mm -hmm. you lie down in bed together, and then you zoom into the candlelight and you wake (laughs) up the next morning. Right, right. So... I always was confused as to what actually happens. And mm. I, I hadn't seen brown people kiss ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe Indian people just don't have sex or they don't <laughs> kiss because it's against our culture. <laughs> right. Which is very not true because we literally originated the Kama Sutra. Right. Like, that, that doesn't make sense. How, how early were you watching Bollywood? Oh, super This early. was, like, foundational to you. Yeah, your, like, yeah. totally, like, from when I was in Dubai to mm-hmm. Singapore. So, yeah. Yeah. As a child. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I was always curious, but it just always seemed so vague. And, and, you know, obviously on television, they never actually got into the nitty-gritty of it. Yeah. Um, so, that was kind of what I was going off of. I didn't really have images of in my head of what sex was actually like. Mm. Do, do you remember, was there a moment when you realized, like, or you understood, oh, sex is something that everyone engages in regardless of culture, regard, like, brown people do have sex? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I realized that when I saw my parents kiss for the first time. Which was when? Which was, like... Probably when I was like 12, 13, 14, or like mm. my dad was leaving for a, a business trip. Yeah. And my mom like pecked him yeah. at the door. And I was like, <gasps> what? This is a thing? I mean, because then I was like, oh, so it's not against our culture. Like, right. you know, people do it. Um, and then, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah you know, and I was like, okay, great. So just because they don't show it on TV doesn't mean, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't actually happen. And then eventually movies started coming out that were a little bit more promiscuous. Yeah. And I was like, and then they would have, like, heatier, mm-hmm. you know, like, steamy. Yeah, so I was like, ooh, okay, cool, interesting. So we do do these things. <laughs> That's so interesting. I've only seen one Bollywood film, and I, yeah, I don't remember sex being a big part mm-hmm. of it. It was. <laughs> oh, I mean, you're you're really um, watching Bollywood for the dancing. Like, yeah. That's, that's yeah, exactly. I'm for. like, aren't you? <laughs> that's so interesting yeah. though, because when I like, it's interesting that you say, oh, they don't. You know, you never see the sex, or you don't see them kissing. They peck on the cheek, or there's a mm-hmm. touch of the hand, because there is something. I mean, Bollywood is like always about love and yeah. romance. Yeah. So in a way, yeah. there is this like hyper romantic aspect to it like that's actually at the center of what you're watching and yet it's not sexualized necessarily and I think that's because a lot of times with Indian culture there are certain rules Mm -hmm. and obviously these have evolved and this doesn't apply to everyone but like you know sex is fine only if it's after marriage yeah you know um a woman is pure if she's a virgin and that means she's ready for marriage yeah um, see, this is the value stuff I was wondering about earlier. It's just interesting that it didn't get like in like uh like sewn into the narrative of sex education, right. I guess, yeah, yeah, it was more like yeah. background life stuff, yeah, yeah, so did did you ever have a sex talk with your parents, or did they I mean, like before you sat your down sat your mom down at sixteen and were like, "Hi, I need to go to the um dino or were you just like? I, I mean, I told her, you know, when I had sex for the first time. Yeah. Like, I told her that I was trying with mm-hmm. my boyfriend. And then when it happened, I was like, hey, by the way, I it, I did it. It happened. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. What, what, what? Did you use a condom? Like, oh, my God, what? And then she, like, walked out of the room. <laughs> and then she came back in and she was like, sorry, I asked the wrong questions. Did you enjoy it? Oh, oh, that's really <laughs> exciting, though. Yeah, it was. That's so that's, nice. I mean... Can I... Yeah, go, Ashley. Oh, no, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying, like, 
I mean, that that's exciting to have a conversation with a parent about Very. pleasure. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I... I remember one super defensive conversation that I had with my mom when I was, like, 16. For some reason, there were, there were like, a couple of distinct friends in high school that I had who also had boyfriends. <laughs> I had a boyfriend, and there was, like, one other friend that I had who had a boyfriend. And then I was also with friends with a bunch of people in the years above, and some of them had boyfriends, too. And mm-hmm. I was talking about the one girl who was my contemporary and um, who had a boyfriend. And, and, and somehow, like, slyly, my mom asked a question about that friend's sex life with her boyfriend, and I, like, didn't really let on because I didn't think it was my information to be sharing. And I, it, it was very mm-hmm. clear to me that she was trying to get out information about myself. And so at <laughs> some point, halfway through this conversation, I just blurted out to her. I was like, I know you know we're having sex. And she was like... I do know. I do know. And I was like, okay, and? And she was like, and nothing. And that's fine. And okay. I was just going to say, can I tell you guys about, like, I think we don't talk about, like, period talks as being a part of, like, sex talks Mm -hmm. when you're, like, growing up. But I will say, so can I tell you guys about how my mom talked to me about periods? Yes. Yes. So... When I got my period, I think I was, like, technically early, yeah. quote-unquote. Um, I, di- I had no idea what it was. I just started bleeding in my pants um, at school. And I was like, oh! And then I, like, you know, wrapped toilet paper right. and, like, went home. Oh, my and God. I was like, Those were the days. <laughs> shoving toilet um, paper in your underwear. Oh, my gosh. Wait, but actually, when you were bleeding in your pants, did, was it recognizable as blood? Like, it was bright red? I think I had been spotting for a while. Uh So I think, like, I had just kind of, like... It's so funny. I think I literally was just, like... Maybe I did tell my mom I had been spotting because I was not panicked. Right. Um, I think I was just more like, oh, no, it's happening. Um, So I went home, and I was like, Mom. And uh, (laughs) I was... (laughs) I got blood everywhere. And she was like, okay... And she didn't really explain, like, the biological process (laughs) or, like, why it's happening or whatever, right? All she told me was she was, like, literally, this is going to make her sound like a terrible person, but, like, this is just who my mom was. Like, she said to me, um, well, first things first, you can't wear pads. You have to wear tampons. And I was like, what? A tampon? (laughs) And and she said that I couldn't wear pads because people could smell me. Yeah. Like, she was worried that, like, I was going to leave the pad in all day Mm -hmm. and then, like, not change it. And then, like, and the truth, like, no, people probably can't smell you, but you can smell yourself sometimes. You can smell yourself sometimes. And also, like, I don't know. I've been next to some kids at summer camp where you're like, I don't know which one of it oh, you no. it is, but I can <laughs> smell somebody's period right now. So not that I needed that shame, I right. guess, at that point, but, like, that's what happened. And so she's like, you have to have tampons. And I was like, okay. And so she literally gave me, like, a six-foot cardboard <laughs> tampon. Six like, foot. the kind you get from, like, the vending My machines. mom made me start on cardboard board too terrifying and so she gave it to me and she like was like go into the bathroom and then I'm gonna like stand out here while you put this in and I was like (laughs) and so I literally like I was in the bathroom like trying to put it in and like like I was like dry and so it wasn't going in it's cardboard and so I start crying on the toilet and my mom literally from the outside just says do you want me to put it in for you and I was like no I think my mom threatened to do the same thing (laughs) exactly and that's what gave me the courage to figure it out so funny Anyway, so no, no, like, uh, talk about, like, why we have a period, but definitely some, like, pads bad, tampons good. Right. And you're going to like yeah. it. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, just... Mahara, do you, not that I'm going to make you, like, the spokesperson for vaginismus, mm-hmm. but I am kind of curious if, like, have you talked to other people about, like, your experience and have been, like, have you, like, given advice or, like, talked to other people who have vaginismus? Or has this been, like, kind of, like, an isolated experience for you? Um, okay, so I think a lot of my friends that I talked to about it um, that had had sex, mm-hmm. you know, they would say stuff yeah. like, it's totally normal for it to hurt. I had the same experience. Mm. Um, but then eventually, you know, it went right. in. Yeah. 
Um, but I did talk to some of my friends that hadn't had sex before mm-hmm. and had tried as well. And they said that they had had similar experiences with penetration and the not being able to penetrate themselves or be penetrated. And so when I did have sex, I kind of realized, like, I don't think it's something that you can explain to other people or really mm-hmm. give them advice about. And I hate that I have to say that because... When I was going through it. Right. You really wanted advice. Exactly. And, and, you know, reading women talk about how, like, it doesn't go away, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. It really hurt. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that I can really say is that it is a biological process. Right. You know, it it is, it's, to an extent, it's meant to happen. Mm. And if it's not happening, that's okay. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Right. And it really is also about your relationship with your body. Yeah. And placing importance on that. And by body, I also include your mind. Yeah. Because so much of it was in my mind. And the moment I stopped trying to force anything, mm-hmm. the moment I started, uh, the moment I stopped speaking to myself so negatively about mm-hmm. it, it just kind of clicked into place. Yeah. So I guess all I can say is that vaginismus is a thing but it is not permanent right and you don't need anything outside of you to cure it you might but a lot of times you don't yeah and i think that's something that women need to investigate within themselves but in a kinder way yeah not in a in a pressurized way i think it's hard too in the narrative like i mean you know sometimes we're told like the first time should hurt but even if 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 that's not explicitly what we are being told, there is a certain normalization of pain in sex, which actually does have a lot to do with psychology and is understandable. I mean, it it makes sense, honestly, that a lot of your friends was, were like, Oh, that happened to me too. But then this changed. But that isn't going to be everyone's experience. Mm. And I think what needs to happen probably on the individual level, regardless of timeline is like there needs to be an internal change before there is going to be like an external change yes. or an external result. Yes. Um, Cause I had the same thing happen to me when I first started having you sex. Mentioned that yeah. One of the I, episodes. I tried to have sex with my high school boyfriend and it, you know, the first time was really painful. The second time was awesome. And then, it was really inconsistent from there on out and it like we had a couple easy goes of it and then it turned into something that for whatever reason was more stressful or more um, difficult and honestly probably had to do with the fact that I was preparing for him to leave Mm -hmm. and so there was a certain anxiety about the amount of time that we had together so it I like developed a block around it which I think can also happen yeah and then the thing that allowed me to get past it was just like a certain kind of resolve or a certain, I think it was about finding ease within myself mm-hmm. um, or just like finding, finding a real sense of desire that didn't necessarily have to do with the act, but had more to do with the person. One thing I'd like to say is that it isn't weird to talk to your vagina <laughs> and just like talk to your uterus. <laughs> yeah, I talk to my uterus all the time. Totally, right? Like it's it's like that is it's not that weird. Like there have been times that I've just been like, hey, you know, I'm in pain right now and you're mm-hmm. causing me pain right now and I'm sorry if I agitated you, but can you you know, just work with me here? Yeah. Because it's she she's so alive. You yeah. know, you're this this whole part of you, this she's she's just so alive and like, she takes care of you, and you take care of her, mm-hmm. and I think that placing attention on that is a very normal thing. Yeah. And I even watched this video of um, FKA Twigs on her Instagram. Oh, love her. Where she put up a video of her dancing, and she said, I asked my uterus to dance, and this is what happened. Hmm. And it was beautiful, and I was like, yes, this is exactly the relationship that we should be having with ourselves. Yeah. Because that's where it starts. That's gorgeous, and I feel like my vagina and I haven't talked. <laughs> Maybe you should talk. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, we had such a 
great time with you. Um, thank you so much to Rebecca Todaro, who does our artwork um, for all of our episodes. Thank you so much to Billy Coles, who is a co-producer on the podcast. Thank you so much to Alex Jones, known as Bishop Scully on YouTube, who does the awesome music for our podcast. And uh, don't forget to please like, share, uh, write us a review on iTunes if you have the time. Um, all of these things uh, would really, um, if you like what we do and you'd like other people to hear it, um, sharing is caring. Uh, <laughs> um, and we'd love to hear from you in our Ask the Wet Seat Google form, um, which is available on our website, thewetseatpodcast.podbean.com. Um, talk to us. We're open to yes, it. Yes, please. So open. And y'all don't forget, until next time, stay wet. <laughs>